This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. In this week's episode, I talked to my good friend Ari Copeland, going into wastewater and water treatment plants, and he gets a good opportunity to see them in all phases of construction, after construction, and he really gets to understand a culture, and we talk about that, how he gets to see and kind of di- uh, dissect some cultures, safety culture, as well as corporate cultures and the areas as he goes, and he helps them start up or helps them troubleshoot, and then we also talk about some other safety concerns and the importance of speaking up if you see someone doing at-risk behavior, and then he tells his own personal story. Ari and I had tons of fun doing this episode, but I would like to ask you to please excuse the audio on this one. We're having some technical difficulties with the sounds, so it has a little bit of some crackling in there, so I try to clean it up as best as I can, but please excuse the audio, and at the end, we will not have a tip of the week this week, I'm going to make it shorter, so uh, what we'll do is next week after Ari's part two, which you really want to stick around for that one, uh, then I will do a, a, a big overview of what we got. So stay tuned, and we'll get started with the interview after a word from our sponsors. Are you, are, you, are you tired of actually going to a safety event and it's extremely boring? Well, let's go ahead and change that moving forward. Reach out to our team here at Safety Focus Moment and let us make your next event extraordinary. We can provide you anything from guest speakers to full-blown workshops. To find out more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. That's safetyfocusmoment.com. And don't forget to tell them that you heard it here on Safety FM. My name is Art Copeland, and I technically am an operations specialist that works for Black & Veatch Corporation, which is a large global design engineering company and construction company um, where we basically design and build infrastructure. So that could be many different things. I work in the water and wastewater arm of that of Black & Veatch, so they also do telecom work. Um, they do renewables like solar power, which is I'm actually wearing my little solar hood shirt today. Nice. <laughs> it's the only Black and Beach swag I own because it was free. Uh, <laughs> um, great. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, just a variety of those things. But basically what I do is I'm, I basically support Black and Beach on the construction services side. So basically if they design and or construct a water wastewater facility whatever it is it can be a plant or a pump station or distribution system it could be really anything uh, it could actually be even attached to like a power project or like a coal plant or you know what i mean anything that falls under that purview of water wastewater i help with and a lot of times what i'm doing is i'm training people so mm-hmm. you know operators i'm dual licensed operators you know yep. um so i'm training operators writing SOPs or standard operating procedures for them or a process focused O and A manual for them, or I'm on site trying to make sure we don't, nothing bad happens. <laughs> That's mostly what I do is like, if I'm there in a startup and commissioning project, I'm usually there. Basically what I say is I act like a translator between the engineer of record, the contractor, the client. And anyone in between, which could be like the system integrator, the person who programs the SCADA, 
yep. or the vendors or whatever, whoever else falls under that umbrella of construction, right? Yep. So that's a lot of what I do. Um, and you're a, a professional engineer too, right? You're a PE? I am not. But I did work as an engineer for seven years. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, but I do never want to go back to doing that kind of work ever again. <laughs> Sorry. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's, I, I enjoyed it. What I learned from, it. I mean, I have an educational background in engineering. I mean, I have a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and a master's in environmental engineering. So essentially I understand all that stuff, okay. but ideally what you're looking for is trying to like, you know, like people putting, you know, valves up in the middle of the air for no reason. There's no hydraulic reason for it. Or designing in for you, for safety, people designing confined spaces when they don't have to. I'm like, well, this yeah. is a bad idea. There's nothing hydraulically telling you you have to put it here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, no one's going to go in the pit <laughs> when it's raining and it's snowing and it's, or even on a nice day, because let's be honest, it's not easy to get in and out of. And as you know, yep. If it's a you know a permanent entry confined space, that's a pain in the butt. <laughs> so yeah. I'll give you a great example. I um, when I was in my other capacity as a wastewater plant superintendent, they got me on board when they mm -hmm. were in the early phase of construction, going into uh, from a process of pure oxygen. Oh uh, yeah. All right, for my group uh, that's listening to me, I'm about to get into wastewater nerd mode. So it's, yeah, uh, prepare you yourself. Go. Me and Ari go down into like this rabbit hole of wastewater nerddom. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, just, just prepare yourself for this. But I have a point that's going to come around to safety. So just hang in there with me. <laughs> so they build this. Uh, they're, they're converting from a pure rock system into an uh, extended aeration system. Yep. And we have to physically build the airbase. So they're right. in this airbay, and I'm looking at the uh, schematics. I'm looking at the uh, the as-builds of their, well, not as-builds, yes, not in that stage, but I'm just looking right. at the plans, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing this. I'm like, hold on. They have a sump pump uh, mm -hmm. for this uh, flat airbay, and mm -hmm. the sump pump is designed for cleaning. And mm -hmm. I'm like, have they ever worked in an airbay before? Why don't they make this thing sloped and then not only yeah, slope right. let the effluent go straight into a lift station instead of pumping this out <laughs> into you know right pumped out into a lift station later on yeah uh what turned out is they they didn't allow me to do any change orders at that time because it was truly no one thought about that no one practically worked in an airbase so i was stuck where i had to do a permit required confined space entry into this airbase to get cleaned and these guys are working in a flat tank with sludge that's coming up, you know, an inch or two that they right. have to scrape down and scrape down and scrape down until they get to the sump pump at the end. And then this pump kept clogging and clogging oh, and clogging. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and here these guys are working in this stuff and they got yeah. all these biological hazards around them. Uh, the tank itself was working against them because it was flat and not angled right. down. Nope. <laughs> so truly one of those nightmares trying to to think all right practically i need to do this operationally safety i have to work out how am i going to keep these guys safe and right the, and that tank was uh 120 feet long and oh, feet, uh deep geez. and 10 feet wide oh this is going to be such a pain. And I knew it was, I knew it when they were building it. I saw 
the the saw everything in the plans and like oh this is gonna be a mess and sure enough every year when it's time to take that tank down to clean right. I had at least seven or eight uh temp workers helping me with yep. my workers so i had to train these guys in confined space entry i had to train them on the biological hazards we had to have tyvek suits with the ppe yep. oh yeah the guys are like burning up in those suits and they're, you know, not wanting to wear their, their shields, their yep. shields because, you know, it's so hot and their goggles. And I'm like, you get the splash of this stuff in your eye. You don't want that. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Definitely doesn't sound fun, especially being in Florida. That's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was bad. And it could have yeah. been fixed with, if someone truly knew operations when they're making that design, you know, the design engineer, if they had someone like you in that capacity, that's been there <laughs> they would have been right. you know, just a simple you know let's do a, a grade <laughs> something right. that's gonna lead right. down to a pit to a sump and that's gonna and just open the ground valve let it go to a lift station <laughs> well Sheldon I have a whole degree of water runs downhill so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it doesn't run downhill no matter how dirty or clean the water is something's wrong that's, that's usually step one, number one I'm like oh this there seems like go. a bad idea we need to go back to water runs downhill yeah, <laughs> like literally said yeah so that no it's too perfect. bad it's too bad that that happened but I mean I, I wish I could say it's not common it is you know yeah. it's it's the simple things that really when I walk around, I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, <laughs> this could have been easily caught in yeah. in 30% design. That's when you want to catch it. Because once you get to 90%, that's like a done deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a done deal. Point. It's too right. expensive to stop. Yep. And everybody wants to get done with it by then because it's usually has several different delays. Yep. <laughs> and by then everybody's like finished. But uh, I had a question too, since you also see the other side of it and you've even given me calls, you know, when the operators are operating in especially states that don't have an OSHA and these states yeah. now, they have to be their own regulator of safety for the wastewater and drinking water plants. And mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know, the water and wastewater fields, they do everything. It's like a microchasm of construction and laboratory work, and they do work on um, regular general industry stuff. And uh, so it's it's truly like a little microchasm. And when I first got started in safety and then also got started as a consultant, I really wanted to focus on the utilities safety because I figured if I could get in with the utilities, they'll always keep wanting you to come back and it's almost like a client that you could always have year after year to do new training or to do a, a walkthrough and do an audit of the facility so I, I, I focused in on that and it helped me quite a bit yeah. but uh, for you I remember you gave me a call of one utility saying oh Sheldon they need some help these guys these guys are so unsafe. They need some yeah. help. <laughs> there's a lot of yeah I mean I want to say a lot but there's a good handful of places where I go and I'm like Either it's how they, I mean, it's, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of places I go where they don't wear even basic PPE. I have to. So where I work, technically, Black and Beach tells me I have to wear, you know, a hard hat, a reflective garment or vest, um, steel toed shoes, and glasses are the bare minimum PPE I'm supposed to require. They do tell me that it's only if there's active construction on site, but. <laughs> I wear it in regardless because I can't tell you how many times I almost smack my head on a pipe or something overhead or, you know, steel toe boots I wear regardless. Um, yeah. 
I just want to be people to be able to see me because I mean, a lot of the plants I go to, I mean, they have a lot going on. Like the plant I go to every day here, you know, they got trucks driving in and out because they're doing lime stabilization, so they're trying yeah. to get more sludge out of the plant. They got trucks driving in and out of there all the time. I mean, these humongous, you know, rigs of stuff going around the plant. And it's like, well, it doesn't take much for someone that's really high up like that not to see you. So anything you could do to make yourself colorful would probably be a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, even like plant speed limits. Like, I always see people like, you know, usually they're like 10 or 15 miles, you know, an hour. Yeah. Or coal plant, I mean, power plants take it more seriously. They clock people. You know, you probably know that or have seen that. But I mean, I, I can't even count how many fingers. Like, I've been almost run over by, like, somebody who's at the plant just driving around, not really paying attention. So, but I, PP for sure is a big push here. Um, yeah. I wear it all the time. It's literally your last, uh, I mean, resort against something happening to you. So, yeah. I don't know. But I look at some folks and I'm just like, wow. Like, <laughs> like people who just climb up, like, 10, 12 feet ladders don't tie off. You know, because I'm not allowed to do that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's six feet up, I'm not. I can't go up there. Like, you know, if anywhere you can sustain a six foot fall, it's bad. So, you know, so I'm lucky. That's usually my out, and I always will do that out. I'm like, yeah, nope, it's not worth it. Sorry, my entity <laughs> will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it. Uh, you know, because if you read it, it's like, oh, you know, just like lockout tag out. Like my entity, if you violate lockout tag out, it's termination. Like you literally could kill somebody and yeah. that has happened. So, you know, if you terminate it, you're gone. It's not that hard to, I mean, cutting a lock off, taking someone's keys, not lottoing something properly. All those things oh, yeah. can cause you to not be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's, that's, so uh, it's good to work at a place. <laughs> now, for, for those people who are consultants and they want to get into this field, do you actually see safety and health consultants or, or even refer safety and health? Well, I know you refer because you called me a couple of yeah. times, but uh, yeah. do, you, do you see where there's consultants going into these plants and, and trying to help some, you know, some utilities that are, are, are up to it? Not all utilities, some utilities, they, they honestly don't care, uh, yeah. but some actually feel like, all right, let's, let's at least get the bare minimum and they might hire a consultant in that way. Well, I mean, I was just at a utility and I won't mention their name, um, but mine, and I'm not going to, you know, the majority of the utilities I interface with have some a lot of needs so i'll just leave that out there whatever yeah, that yeah. means okay I think absolutely you get the point so and they're government entities so as as you know they're dependent on ratepayers, right to pay for the services and some places you know have planned a little bit better for that than others right yep. so you know a lot of the utilities i go into and actually one i just went to they had the only reason they brought a safety consultant or the, the main reason they brought a safety consultant is, is they had a near miss that was pretty uh, bad okay. so that's usually and i hate to say that that's the driver yep. is that a lot of these places will have a near miss where they they had you know some person i think was jetting you know, they were cleaning out and they didn't put the jetter in the line and it sprayed out, basically probably knocked the guy flat out as a person. I don't know who was on their yeah, back yeah. or, or probably caused facial damage. I would guess. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty pressurized. So cut off limbs. Right. So that, unfortunately that event, which no one died or got really hurt, I guess the person came back to work. Um, that, caused uh, the utility to say, okay, now it's time to bring in consultant. 
we need to we need to get SOPs. We need to revamp our training. We need to make sure some things are not happening. Um, and it's a unionized utility, so there's some some specialists there. Not that I'm against unions. I'm just saying they have their own little nuances when you throw them into a government entity. Yes, just saying that. I'm I'm from New England. Almost all of the <laughs> utilities there are unionized. I am not anti-union. I just want to yes. say that. Yes. But it's it's added an extra element to their contracts, <laughs> which I'm sure you can understand that. So, but I mean, that's normally what I see. And then there's some utilities that don't do anything. But a lot of like the larger utilities, like a lot of my larger clients, they already have very well established safety programs. And some of that may have come from similar situations that the last utility described. Or some of them are just really proactive about it. You know, like they have signs that say the last time they had an injury, you know, and some of it's been years. I mean, one of my clients in Florida, I mean, I used to drive by the sign every day and they stopped doing it in days. They would just put up years. (laughs) They ran out of, they ran out of the ticker. (laughs) No more space. (laughs) Yeah, it was maxed out. It's an old school ticker too. I was like, oh, I don't think this is reprogrammable or upgradable. I think they just gave up. So, yeah. So you know, well, it just—it's a range. So, it is. but that's normally my experience. So, well, for uh, for those listening, how you would do this is, uh, whatever utilities you want to target, you're really going to be looking at the state. Uh, excuse me. Well, let's say it this way: you're going to be looking at the city or the county uh, purchasing department first and foremost. You want to get on their purchasing list so you could be a part of that uh, vendor list and get a vendor profile. And then from there, you're going to look for any kind of bid packages they have for safety services. But even better is go ahead and once you get on that vendor list, call the utility themselves. And they usually have a utility safety officer that is probably buried with paperwork and can't do jack. So you're going to help them out by offering screening <laughs> and pretty much you can. So if there is something that's you know catastrophic or near miss or something like that, you'll already be in there and they'll know who to call. And truly I've gotten plenty of those calls because I've been there training with these guys and training with the, the crew every now and then. And then all of a sudden something happens. Then I'm the first call from the utility director and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I yeah. can be out there and help them because I'm getting to know these people from all these years of training and now I could be there to help them. But that's how you first get in. So you really want to uh, get in first with the uh, whoever the procurement person is. You want to get a, be a vendor and then keep an eye out for the bids. But you still can talk to individual departments, not just utilities. Talk to streets and drainers, talk to any of them, and see if you can offer some safety training. We'll get you in the door. And then after that, uh, services. Yeah. And I would say, like, it even goes deeper than that. So there's some places that, I don't know, they're very progressive utilities. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. That they're focusing on more of the emotional and psychological safety component of it, which is part of safety. That's part of a safety program. Because trust is, in my opinion, trust is the pinnacle of safety. If I don't trust you with my life or watching my back, then you don't really have a culture of safety at all. Like you're just going to let people do whatever they want. And like, you're going to protect your back, but everyone else is, you know, survival of fittest, right? (laughs) Can't do that. Yeah. So that, I think some of that's definitely needed. I mean, everywhere I go, I just say, Hey, you know, regardless if you like your coworkers or not, (laughs) 
Right. You don't want to see them injured. <laughs> right. And really, at the end of the day, is what happens is if someone's injured, then guess what? You got to go get that person out of that situation. So it actually puts you in danger. That's how I look at life. It's like, you're allowed to put it back to the shallow end of things. It's like, well, if the person goes down the hall, does it come out? <laughs> You're watching them. Someone's got to go retrieve them. It could be yeah, potentially absolutely. a dangerous situation for you and everyone else you work with that you happen to probably like. So you know what I mean? That's what I kind of say. So yep. it's all about trust. So any anyone that's good at building trust, I think, um, I mean, that's kind of like a real out there. But I think it's like pretty essential because you can tell people oh put the hard hat on oh do this oh do that but ultimately it comes down to is trust and just consideration for other people so yeah and you got a unique uh, view of this because a lot of people don't get what you get by going pretty much you're a consultant and you have to go to all these different places so you have to learn the culture as quickly as you can so i bet your first couple of hours is just watching how people interact with each other and and if they're very open you could probably sense that right away or if they're kind of closed and everyone refers to the boss right. <laughs> or something you you're probably a cultural expert at this point trying to figure out if this is a place you're gonna have fun or this place is gonna you know oh I have, fun. I, have, I have every i have fun wherever i go my friend but uh mm-hmm. it definitely makes it more special <laughs> like that's why i say like the degrees of special i deal with oh, yeah in quotation marks <laughs> People can't yeah. see it, so it's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just say it out in quotation marks. Quotation marks, there we go, air quotes. Right, special in quotation marks. Um, yeah, you know, I used to <laughs> I used to just, like, joke and say, oh, I have to play a psychologist, session is open, I yeah, operate on a sliding scale, payment could be Oreos or anything that's tasty <laughs> or spicy, I don't really care. But yeah, I mean, I have a lot of... I mean, just because I travel around a lot and I don't own the culture or the problems there. So it's easier for me, I feel, to insert myself and say, hey, you know, we can make this better. I'm an outside source, so it's not like they're going to hate me. I'm not their boss. So I'm not telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. I just kind of say, hey, you know, I get where you're coming from, but I don't know. This isn't really equating to the cultural outcome you want. <laughs> but we yeah. can change that. Or this is some things that I've done to change that or, but you're right. I mean, I have to really get in there and size it up pretty fast to be effective. So yeah, usually, I mean, for me, I'm very lucky that I can utilize what I am to do that now, but, um, <laughs> cause it helps a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it definitely does. So and I can go in there so long, right? I speak their language and I yep. literally say, oh, yeah, I get what the problem is. Like, I empathize with their situation. If I agree with what they're doing or not, it doesn't make a difference because that's not what empathy is about. It's not about being right or wrong or judging it or making a, you know, a judgment call, right? I think technical people don't get that. I do, but yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a difference between being judgmental and making a judgment call. Those are very yeah. different things. And I Absolutely. think engineers and scientists and people that are technical have a hard time distinguishing between those two things for some reason but you know i'm able to just get in there and be like okay i used to call myself the plant therapy pet like i would be like the mascot the cheerleader the therapy pet say you can do it you can do it you can do it (laughs) it actually really goes over well i don't think people expect that yeah. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't I don't know how I come across like looking at well, me. They don't expect talk. it Maybe because you got the engineer side because I've ever since I got into that field, the very first thing I learned is engineers are evil. 
and they don't understand anything. Well, so that's probably what you have to deal with. Yeah. Well, usually I just tell them, hey, you know, we can unite. I mean, like, well, or if your operations, it's either it's either maintenance is the devil. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And maintenance feels right, or maintenance feels the same way about operations, or operation and maintenance both hate engineering. So usually it gets them united behind some common enemy, right? That's right. That is the truth. (laughs) It's evil to everybody, and then they (laughs) fraction off, you know? (laughs) Right. And I'm just like, all right, I get it. This isn't stellar. But we all have ownership in this, right? See, that's the thing. Like, all right, we can hate the engineers all we want, but. You're the one that has to live it every day, so how can we make this better? Like, let's just take some ownership here, too, because let's be honest, sometimes we ask you things and you don't show up, so, (laughs) like, I can push the drawing set in front of you, but I can't force you to turn the pages and actually give me feedback, right? So, and I try to be more, like, open about that, because I get a lot of operators don't like to read construction drawings or don't know how, and I try to teach them how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'll teach you how to do it. It's not that hard. I, if I learned how to do it, you could definitely learn how to do it. So I tell people, I'm like, it, it, it's not outside your purview. It's just intimidating at first. So, well, it's also like uh, for, for those that really feel that they don't understand the plant and the plant's like completely upset and they don't know why they want to blame the engineers for this or that. Most of them haven't actually read the operation and maintenance manual, so they don't even know what the design specs of the plant is. So they're trying to operate it per the way they used to operate their old plant or the way yep. they used to operate something else. And it. <laughs> it's not designed that way. Just right. actually read the O&M and you can right. see the design specs and, right. oh yeah, this doesn't have that capability that we used to have or right. this has different capabilities and they get mad at you because you're not making it the way that right. Uh, right. they remember. Oh yeah, we I get a lot of that. I just sit there and I'm, that's why I'll never, it doesn't matter what plant I'm at. So I'll never throw the engineer record under the bus. It doesn't matter if it's us or somebody else. I'll be like, I don't know. This doesn't seem like an engineering problem, folks. It sounds like you don't understand what plant you have. Like, let's go through it. But I do it in a very like, oh, well, have you tried this? This this is probably a good idea. And that's all I do is I just flip and say, look, this is a whole table that has the KPIs for each. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is this is where the DOSO is supposed to be. You see why the basin's black? It's because we're not pumping enough air into this baby. I know you didn't have to do that before, but yeah, now we have to. So, and, I get it's expensive, but <laughs> Yeah, and it's truly the, the same the same feeling with uh with people when they're like, Well, I've done this safety th- or I've done this job. X amount of years, and I've never had right. to do this, and I never had to wear this PPE, and oh I've never God. had to do I because I've done this X amount of years, and it's never I've never had an issue. I've never got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> same, you know what I say. Same to, idea, the same mentality. Right. You know what I say to those people? I said, "Well, that's really great. You're a freaking roll of the dice, and you're lucky." Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, Vegas. you know, it just takes, <laughs> right, that's one time you're complacent, because let me tell you something, unfortunately for me, and I know you probably know this, or you don't, I don't know, Sheldon, I don't remember who knows what about me, honestly. I know most. But, I mean, my father was a, yeah, well, my father was a chemical engineer, so and he used to work at a chemical company they used, that used to make rubber. It was actually a major manufacturer of tires for a long, for, you know, the beginning part of his career. And unfortunately, he died at that facility because someone did something stupid. So not even him. Yeah. So not even him. That's where it goes back to, like, you have to be looking out for other people and watch what other people do. 
and not inserting yourself into something too, right? So that's why I look around and I kind of just size it up and say, okay, are these people safe? Are they wearing PPE? Do they look like they're following general safety guidelines? Or is this plant, a, you know, a pit? Is it dirty? Is it trash everywhere? You know what I mean? I just have to go and say, oh, well, this, this place doesn't look like it was maintained in a really long time. So that's a reflection of probably other aspects of that utility. The yeah, safety, absolutely. maintenance, treatment. If it's, if it's really like the bare minimum, then that means I can't trust the people around me are going to make good decisions. Yeah. So I have to constantly, including the contractor, I've seen the contractor do crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> I once watched one guy hold another guy by his legs and lowered him down into like a lake, like a, like, a, I don't know. It was like a discharge pit of some kind. And I don't remember what it was for. I think it was to discharge flushing water or something uh, to grab this to measure something. And I said, well, that is definitely the wrong way to do it. Like, you know, I say, hey, because, you know, if someone gets hurt on our, our projects, that it affects our ocean number. That means oh, we yeah. can't get work from utilities. So I'm like, hey, you probably don't want to do that. And, you know, they did anyways. And I said, well, you know, you're lucky no one got hurt. And now I have to report it. I have to report it to somebody. Like, oh, now yeah. you're putting me in a position to, to have to call, like, this could have been a near miss. Like, what if you drop the guy into the lake and the guy can't swim or a person? It was a guy, but a person. Like, what if what if he did that? Or what if they hit his head? What if there was rocks underneath there? I don't know what's in the pod. I don't know how deep it is. Like, I don't have yeah, specs yeah, yeah. on it. Regardless, it's not smart. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like you got to size it up. So, you know, and I think most of the people listening to this are like, you know, safety consultants or people that are safety focused. Yep. Sometimes just having an understanding of the place you're walking into is helpful. Or like you said, utilities have a lot of needs. Like one of like the utility I was just at, I'm writing SOPs for them and, and three or four of them are safety related. They're traffic control because they do work a lot in the streets. It's all distribution oh, yeah. collection. You know that. Oh, yeah. And then it's yes. uh confined space. They don't have any permit confined space entry, but it's just generic confined space. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's if it's permit entry, they make contractors do. <laughs> See, that's smart, I guess. I don't you know what I mean. It's smarter, Transferring, I guess. Liability. Transferring right. liability. You got it, right? That's the safety strategy, right? Yep. <laughs> so anyways, but that's my overarching. But that's why I tell people that get content. I said, hey, you got, you, you, most of us have people we go home to, right? Or if not, care about yourself. I mean, I don't really... You know me, I'm a free spirit, I just have me, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but most people aren't me. So most people have children, you know, a spouse, um, or maybe, you know, pets, whatever it is for you, right? Yep. You know, do you want to see those people again, or those, that aspect of your life again? Then just put the hard hat on. <laughs> most yeah. people, after I tell them my story, they're like, oh, they literally put it on. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's personal. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that's the key. Like, and that's what I love about safety people that make it personal. Yeah, so yeah. if you have like a personal story, I say use it. <laughs> Do you have time to tell us your personal story? I mean, in, I guess in what way do you mean? Uh, well, with your dad. I don't know if you have uh, time or not. Or do Yeah, you have... sure. So there's, uh, unfortunately, I don't know. I mean, I was four. So yeah. I wasn't really old enough to remember. But I mean, more or less, my understanding is, is that, um, and I don't know what the treatment process was there, but basically what happened is, the treatment process got too hot. It blew and it had chlorine gas there. So they had a chlorine gas release. So and it mixed with some other chemicals. I don't know. My dad actually didn't die on the plant site, but he was rushed to a hospital close by. And basically he died. Technically he died of malpractice, but 
the, the back in the eighties, people were like, I don't want to speculate, but shady is like one of the words that comes to mind when I talk about this yeah. is they didn't release the chemicals that he was exposed to. So essentially the treatment they gave my dad killed him. So, which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, in my understanding of the situation is that the operators just didn't understand. They, they pushed the extent of what the process could do. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to your point of not understanding what you're doing could kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I literally one utility go to where we're doing like we're doing some SCADA upgrades. So this utility SCADA is like SCADA is supervisory control and data acquisition, and right. pretty much SCADA is the control panel that you see operators yep. working at, and they right. are monitoring the plant, and they know that a valve opens at this point. If the if the high level alarm goes off, they know that this pump is going to be told to open this yep. valve because it works right. in a system called ladder logic. So yep. that's what a SCADA is. Yep. So thank you. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's basically, it's a, it's a INC electrical interface. So you have a lot, you have electrical, you have devices, like we said, level devices or pressure mm-hmm. devices, sensors, you have a PLC, which is a program, a logic controller, which is the brain of a yes. lot of the processes where you, you have SCADAs just show it and the brain's talking to the SCADA and the SCADA's just displaying what the brain is telling, telling the screen. So we do work like where we'll upgrade people's SCADA, which involves going and doing loop checks and the wiring and, underst- and rewiring panels, essentially. Yep. So I watched this person um, who I think was an entry-level person working at utility just opening up... Uh, VFDs on huge flipping. Yeah, I mean, we're talking humongous pumps. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, and they're on. And I'm like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> wow. and, and that is, I mean, not to make fun of this person. I'm not making fun of them. Just young. Um, I think like an instrumentation tech, someone mm. that definitely wasn't trained. Um, and I said, hey, this is a really great way to die. Uh, I don't want to see it, and I don't want it to arc either. So we're just going to shut all this, and and you're going to go talk to the senior INC tech, and we're going to figure out a way to do this safely. If we can't shut the pump down, then we got to figure something else out. Like, I can't... Wow. I mean, mean, we're talking, you know, BFDs big enough you can step into. You know what I mean? These are big. And And I was like... These are variable frequency drives, so these things are... uh, You have pumps, and pumps work where either they're going to go on and off by just uh, a trigger of a contact that says open and close, or they can do it in the soft start where it'll ramp up gradually, or the VFDs, they actually have the, and that's variable frequency drive, they have the ability to ramp up or ramp down depending on percentage levels, and and that kind of controls usually is telling you it's a, a 10 horse pump or 25 horsepower pump and those are 480 uh, really high voltage you know uh, type of equipment so once you open up that panel it's exposed electrical and you can arc easily so yeah you you saved a young man's life there I was like you're getting out of here because I don't trust it goes back to like okay you've given me a reason not to trust you so and it's not and this person obviously didn't know I don't think they meant to put me in harm or themselves in harm, but all it takes well, they is probably just, do it every day. Yeah. Or not. That's the thing. This person's new. This could have been the true. first day this person was left by themselves. And I'm That's like, Oh, I was like, you're, I said, you're not, and I, you know, me, I'm not me. I just said, Hey, you know, you don't want to do that. Like 
it's dangerous. And I said, this is what can happen to you. And I don't want to see that happen to you or me <laughs> or anybody else that's around you. So before you go and do these things, why don't you talk to your boss, your senior INC technical, actually show you how to do this properly. Cause you do not want to go in there looking for contacts oh, and have this God. pump turn on. I said, cause you, you don't know. A multimeter. Yes. <sighs> I said, you don't want to do that. I said, especially He's if you have drawings. For an arc blast. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you don't even have, you don't even have wire drawings. I'm like, you don't even know what you're doing. I was like, it's not a good idea. So, you know, but that was a, a situation where, you know, safety is everybody's problem, right? I wasn't, I'm not an employee of the utility, right? Yeah. But I have to insert myself and say, this isn't safe. I'm near you. And frankly, I don't want to read a news story about you electrocuting yourself when I'm not here. So yeah, after that, this guy got it. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, sorry I did that. You know, I was just trying to get the job done. And I said, well, it's not going to matter. <laughs> You're not going to get the job done working this way. So yeah. I don't know. So that's a little special. But I run into like things like that all the time. I mean, I'll run into like where contractors are in. They're, they're actually in our flash suits and don't even label the door outside where they're working. So people just walk in and out of it. I said, this is bad. As soon as I see one of those suits, I walk the heck out. I'm like, nope. <laughs> not today, Satan. That's basically what I say. I'm like, not today. <laughs> Awesome. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm a whip. This is not happening to me. That's all I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. I love that. <laughs> today, Satan. That's why I said you should do that. Your safety program. Be like, nope, not today, Satan, and just leave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've actually said that several times. So, yeah, so that's why it's so funny that you said that. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com.